everybody welcome back to into the light this is bray and i'm here with aaron and Jin, our guest today hey and aaron's gonna introduce him i have so much to say about Jin. honestly Jin, i'm gonna embarrass you a little bit oh so Jin's been in our ward as have a lot of the people that we've interviewed for like the last year and a half or so and I remember the first time that I met Jin, I think it was right after he gave a sacrament talk in church. And I remember like when you're in sacrament meeting in YSA wards or in any ward for that matter, like some talks like catch your attention. You're like, wow, that was a good talk. Some talks you're like trying not to fall asleep in. You're like, this talk is just the worst. Like, honestly. It just off the face. <laughs> No, I mean, everybody tries hard. Sacrament meeting is great, and you can always pull something out of a talk. But Jin stood up, and I have always loved and really kind of studied about what makes a good public speaker. Jin stood up, and he started his talk, and everybody in the whole auditorium was on the Tuned edge of their in. seat. Yeah. You could hear a pin drop with the way Jin was articulating his words and the stories that he was telling. The emotion behind it, too. The emotion yeah. behind it. And it all came from his preparation. I remember I, I asked you right after that talk, I was like, Jim, that was incredible. Where'd you learn how to speak like that? And you're like, I just practice. I just rehearse my talk like 20 times. And then I get up here and it's easy. <laughs> so that's awesome. Jin, Jin is from South Korea. That's and correct. he's been living in the States for how long now? About nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah. And you got your degree in international relations. relations. Yep. And you're working at a law firm right now as well as a political group. Political group. Awesome. I won't say no more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All good. Jin is, honestly, he's one of the smartest people he's... that I've ever met. One of the funnest guys to talk to because of the dry sense of humor along with the intelligence <laughs> levels. <laughs> and also, he's just such an interesting guy. Yeah, he very he, he really is. I think Jin's talk is... The one talk in church within this ward that I still remember to this day. Like, yeah. I remember how oh. it felt, and I remember some of the things you said. Also, and that's pretty powerful. His Sunday school lessons are just, I mean, it's the same its the same caliber, like a preparation. Yeah, they're pretty fire. Yeah. So this episode, it might be a little differently because Jin comes prepared for everything. And we were looking over his notes, and it's just, we're going to really focus on society and how the world is moving more secularly towards secular views yeah and how the gospel is the way yeah i think it's really interesting too jen is the first non-american we've had on this podcast mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure and i think the culture is going to be very important in jen's perspective of the gospel you know here in the states versus in korea and his perspective of the gospel within his life so i'm really excited for this one so jen welcome to the podcast thanks for being here man Thanks for inviting. <laughs> All right, Brady, you want to kick us off? First yes, Jin. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, about how you grew up, how was the gospel involved? Mm -hmm. Tell us all the things you want about your childhood. So I want to start with where I was born, which is um, South Korea, not North Korea. <laughs> and you know how there's a stereotype in yes. America about Asians, <laughs> like Asians being super smart. It's generally true because in asian culture like being smart and getting straight a's in school 
the adults tell you that that's the only way to succeed in life. And if you go to good college, you'll get a good job and can financially support your family、mm. and you'll be happy. That was like the formula that we were all given. So, the, naturally, the school was very competitive and it was normal for families to put school and job above family relationships.、Hmm. So, my dad was never home. And even when he was home, he was just working or taking a nap because he's too tired from work. And I kind of blame that for the. Highly, no, not high, super low birth rate in South Korea. According to an article in the NPR, the average number of children born to a woman, Korean woman, in her reproductive years is now in 2023, it's now 0.78. That's crazy. Less than one. Yes. And I remember at school, my, it, this was elementary school. So, Very young, at、mm-hmm. very young age. My teacher one day, she brought 10 top students at school in, in our class. Like we had tests a week before, and, and she said, Okay, these people come up front because you guys got top 10 scores in our class. And she had all of us, you know, cheer. For them, and then they went back to their seats. And then she, next, she said, Okay, these people come out, and I was included there. And she said, You guys got the lowest 10 <laughs> scores in the test. That's like, that's、yeah. like emotional abuse right there. Like, <laughs> and at that time, this was early 2000s, and physical punishment was allowed at school. Now it's illegal, I think.、Um, but at that time, it was totally fine and normal. So she、In、had. The early 2000s. Yes, yes. So she had our hands put out with palms facing the ceiling and started like, beating us with a wooden stick. In front of your whole class. In front of the whole class to you know, publicly shame us. And when you get your grade sheet, Your rank in the whole school is also on there to see, so you can see where your place is. Yeah. yeah. So I just hated that kind of discrimination. And so I stopped trying at school when I got into middle school. As, as kind of a rebellious thing. Like, yeah, yeah. You're not supporting the system. And even at home, like my parents would. Treat us differently based on our grades. Like, my sister had you know, parties on her birthdays. My brother, he didn't have birthday parties because his grade was so low and she just、wow. made him study. And I mean, my parents were church members, and, but I was less active because I was just not happy with their example. And I didn't really pay attention to church because I felt like if grades and succeeding financially is everything, 
that's important. Like, why do I need religion? Mm. And so I went to church with my family, but I never paid attention because I was immature and I believed that having religion and going to church, I felt like should help me become rich or get good grades at school. Some sort of temporal success. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And my question was, you know, what do I what do I get out of going to church? And what is this Jesus guy gonna do for me and my temporal needs? Question. In Korean culture, I'm assuming Christianity and Mormonism isn't the norm, correct? There wasn't a lot of you guys in your uh, ward or in your city. Right now, uh, Protestant churches are the biggest religion okay. because after the Korean War, a lot of American soldiers and missionaries from Protestant churches helped the people with food and medical supplies. And that was like the starting point of Christianity coming into Korea, which is right after the Korean War, 1950. Okay. Three. I remember Jin saying that it's kind of interesting. It's not like other, you know, stereotypical Asian countries where it's like no God, like not a bunch of atheists, not not believing in Christianity in any way, but Christianity is actually quite popular. Specifically the Protestant denomination. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. But as you know, like our church is labeled as a cult <laughs> yeah. it, have that stereotype over there? yeah i'll get into that later okay. um anyways my parents they were the first generation latter-day saint they both converted when they were in high school they met each other in college and institute and my dad was a really successful professor he still is and my mom was a pharmacist and she had to quit because uh, I have three siblings and raising four kids. It's a lot, <laughs> you know. So, what does your dad teach? Sports business. Okay. So he gets to go to these major sporting events like Olympics, World Cup. That's his job. That's so, so cool. That's yeah. sweet. But on the other side, my dad was, you know, always busy, and my mom was, you know, obsessed with us getting straight A's at school, which was, you know, normal in Korea. So I didn't feel loved genuinely from anybody because I felt like my parents and my teachers' love is just conditional. You know, it was based on my performance at school or how well I was behaving. And because the consequences were so drastically different, I felt like I didn't have an inherent worth. And I felt like my worth depended on what I did instead of who I was. Hmm. So I had a hard time trusting anybody because I thought, you know, whoever wants to be my friend probably wants to be my friend because they want something from me. And Does that include God? I was not religious time. at okay. the time. And as soon as I couldn't give people what they wanted, I believed that they would, you know, leave me. 
And with that mindset, my dad got, he had to go to California and do a visiting exchange professor thing at UC Berkeley. And so all our families were, we moved there for two years. And me and my brother had to decide, okay, my dad and my mom are going back to Korea. Are we going to stay here or go back to Korea with them? And because the school was so competitive there, I just said, I want to stay in America and finish my high school. And I, without my parents, I was just pretty much addicted to video game. <laughs> I played like, during summer breaks, I played like 15 hours a day. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And that's how I studied English. <laughs> was through video games? Yeah. Really? So when people yeah, ask, heard that's a big how's thing, your yeah. English so good? I say, oh. <laughs> People play video games in English. Interesting. You know, so I get a lot of heat for that. Because... Yeah, but your English is perfect. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because English is like required in school curriculum, and people struggle to express. Like they're very good at like reading and listening because those are what you, they get tested on. Mm -hmm. But speaking and writing, Koreans never get tested on because you cannot grade speaking and writing objectively. Mm -hmm. But reading and listening, you can have multiple choice questions mm -hmm. to see if you understood or not. So oh, there are right and wrong answers clearly. And so through video game, I studied English. And how I got into BYU in 2014, nine years ago. And I just, I was not religious, but I just liked being around members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. And, but I was still less active. And I was psychology major. And this one semester, I took this class called LDS Perspective on Psychology. And sure, that's a cool class. And you're a psychology major, right? Yeah, but I go here at UVU, so... You can't say. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Gentile, Jim. Okay. So. He's a bad guy. It's, the it's bad basically guy. a class that compares restored gospel with contemporary psychology theories. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, behaviorism, social psychology, psychoanalysis, neuropsychology, humanistic psychology, all that. And. They taught me a lot, but I never felt like they were correct. And when my professor started explaining about the restored gospel and how it focuses on choice between uh, good and evil, I was mind blown. <laughs> and that was my moment of conversion. And what, what about it, if you don't mind me asking, what about that specific principle? Kind of, kind of catalyzed your conversion. So other schools of psychology, they don't like the concept of agency because mm -hmm. once you bring in agency into the equation, then it, you can't do 
research and experiments. They're either and, blaming it on nature or nurture, right? Yeah, you're brought and up or... they want to be hard science. Yep. So I guess except humanistic psychology, but <laughs> so to be hard science and scholarly, they have to resort to scientific methods and treat people like objects. Yep. And that's how they put out theories. Like data. And data and all that. They're helpful. I'm not saying you should dismiss all of them completely, but they're not complete in terms of they don't include like the real important parts of um, humans, which is, I think, agency and the existence of absolute good and evil. Mm. So those concepts were very foreign to me and I was surprised and that's why I you know decided that I would believe in God because he gives me this absolute right and wrong and and my professor also talked about this guy named Jesus <laughs> and Remember how, like, in Asia, like, everybody's trying to get straight A's mm -hmm. so they can go to good college and get a good prestigious job, like, doctor, lawyer, businessman. And, you know, they're all trying to get to the top. They're so busy trying to get to the top. And that's, like, ingrained in us to, to make that our life goal. But Jesus was... He was different because he was already at the top, but he went looking for sinners and the sick and the poor and the yeah. hungry. So I really respected him and decided that he is the answer to, to the questions that I had, you know. And I was, my faith was so strong at the time. I wanted to serve mission right then, but unfortunately, military drafts letter <laughs> had already come out by that so point. So even though you lived in the States, because you were a Korean citizen. citizen, you had to go. Okay. Yeah. So to give you context, you can ask questions anytime. Every Korean man has to serve in the military. It's, I did it for 21 months. And wow, yeah, so right now it's a debate. There's a debate about should women be required to serve? You know, is it like an equality issue? Like women are wanting to be required to serve, or is it the concept of feminism has started to mm -hmm. come in? Yeah, and gender equality and sexual harassment at workplace, Me Too movement, mm -hmm. all that. So, uh, I guess some guys are saying, hey, if you want true gender equality, then you guys should serve too. <laughs> Why aren't you fighting for that? So, so, <laughs> so there's a lot of fights on the internet yeah. about that. Interesting. You have to have a reasonably healthy body to serve for obvious reasons. So when you, as a man, when you become 19, you have to get uh, physical exam 
at this government building and they give you a number so one is the highest and the fittest and six is the lowest you're the least healthy so they categorize you so if you get from one to three you're just serving in the military no questions asked you're healthy enough to do that if you get four you have to work for this government institution or at a public school or hospital or community center i'd say that's like service missionary mm -hmm. and if you get from five to six you are exempted from the service but you don't want that because that means you are like blind or deaf mm. or crippled like you have a serious health problem Impairment, yeah. and i got two which is second best because i had too much fat in my liver <laughs> oh really and they test that yeah they do all kinds of tests and i found out one of the causes of having fat in liver is drinking too much alcohol but i've never drank in my life Interesting. so the doctor told me to stop drinking and i told him i don't drink <laughs> <laughs> and he said oh then it must be because you're not eating enough vegetables and fruits i ate way too much meat so <laughs> That's it. We found it. It's just a little <laughs> side note. Jin is an incredible cook. This man, this man That's can straight true. up cook. Yeah, I had to learn to survive. No, I can't eat Panda Express and Costa Vida every day. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in college, but now I graduated. I have more time, so I learned yeah, to cook. cook. And fun fact is Jehovah's Witness. Um, is that pretty famous in America? Yeah, I think yeah. everyone pretty much knows what a Jehovah's Witness is. They would, they, so they don't believe in going to war and shooting people. So they would rather, they choose to go to prison instead of serving in the military. Wow. So there was a huge political issue about what are we going to do with these people the, they would rather go to yeah. prison for their beliefs should we make exceptions you know so there was a huge debate about that and some men joined church to not serve in the military and the our church leaders in korea advised uh, young men to serve in the mission first before military because the environment in the military it's it's a bad influence in general and a lot of men in our church go there and learn to smoke or drink and leave the church but for me it was the opposite and that's because, so they put you in a barrack, a room, and I was living with 17 men in the same room. There's no technology, so no phone, no computer, nothing, no TV, and all you can do is talk. <laughs> and if when you put 
18 men in the same room and most of them not religious, what do you think they're going to talk about? Sex, Sex drugs. women. <laughs> yeah. Drugs, alcohol. No drugs. We don't have drugs. They're illegal. So They're illegal in Korea? Like marijuana is illegal. Um, all the hard drugs are illegal. But alcohol and cigarettes are very common. Mm-hmm. And you're correct. Um, you know, a lot of sexual jokes. I've never seen a male prostitute before, but I've met them. And they told me stories about their service. And oh. I did not want to listen to them. But it's not like I can, you know, cover my ears and pretend I can't listen. Yeah. Like, they are proud of it and they talk about their stories and brag about them. So I had to listen to all these crazy stories. And that's, that's toxic over time for sure. Did that weigh you down? That's when I realized people need religion. <laughs> I don't want to live like that. You yeah, know? no, that experience I is I do not so want to live like that. Yeah. So... It weighed me down, but it strengthened my face, which is uh, counterintuitive. But hmm. and on Sundays, they make you go to one of three religions, which were Protestant church, Catholic church, or Buddhist temple. And I tried all of them. And I went to Presbyterian Church at first because their service is like rock concert. (laughs) And I was curious. And they put you in this one of four lines and you line up. And at the end of the line, there's a female priest with ordinance clothing, like white clothing. And she baptizing people like by sprinkling of water and before you get baptized they tell you like if you get baptized we'll give you free snacks and lotion and shampoo and the bible (laughs) so my thought process was i don't think that lady has the real you know power Mm -hmm. i just didn't believe that mm-hmm. and I'll just get baptized and get free snacks mm-hmm. um, and lotion and shampoo and free Bible <laughs> and they also give you a handbook and I read all of it and chapter 12 I still remember <laughs> it's a list of cults and of course our church, church is, is on them it's like Mormons practice polygamy and uh, a different set of scriptures. That one's true. And <laughs> they worship Joseph Smith. Not true. And so, and then after five weeks training at the boot camp, they send you off to one of these locations. And the closer you are to the border, it's harder. And because it's more cold and things are more tense. You're talking like the North Korean border. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can actually see North Korean soldiers from the border. 
so it's kind of dangerous. It's a demilitarized zone. Yeah, so nobody wants to go there, right? And a day before the assignment, everybody becomes religious suddenly. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> they pray to God, Allah, Buddha, <laughs> Jesus, Muhammad, whoever would listen to them and not send them to close to the border, you know. <laughs> And obviously, that's not how it works. <laughs> and I was lucky, and I didn't get sent near the border. My cousins and my brother were, so I can't really complain. Mm -hmm. You know, because I had a good time. <laughs> not good time, but <laughs> less bad time compared to the, uh, their time. I was just a clerk in my office. And it gave me time to prepare for my mission mm -hmm. and to read, finish reading the Book of Mormon. And at the end of 21 months, I felt really ready to go on a mission. Mm -hmm. And as I finished, the president changed because the former president got arrested for corruption charges. <laughs> and the new president comes in, and he was special force back in the old days. Mm -hmm. And he changed the, the time period of service. Like, I served 21 months, and he just changed it to 18 months. Oh, right after right, you got out. Right when I finished. <laughs> so I was like... So three months. Yes. Oh, well, that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all I prepared. I want to ask you a question, Jin. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's so much there. And I love, right. like, yeah. I love your philosophical brain. Like, we vibe on that level. I love thinking about things deeply like that. What? Because I feel like when you make the choice, when you have that psychology class, and you're like, okay... You know, the, the principle of good and evil is crucial mm -hmm. to our human experience. And then you get sent to the military and you kind of have a choice at that time. Like, am I going to let the things that I'm around affect me to the point where I'm not going to stay faithful to what I believe? Yeah. Or am I going to intentionally stay true to the things that I've come to know are true? What, right. what helped you stay true to kind of the testimony that you develop up to that point during your time in the military. I guess I have a strong sense of justice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I work at a law firm and I'm kind of disappointed that law doesn't necessarily reflect right and wrong and mm. I just wanted something more than what we have because you know, laws are not perfect and I'm not like anti-government or anything like that <laughs> but I'm just saying like no law is perfect and mm -hmm. I'm, I think we can all agree mm -hmm. with that and I actually learned that like you can't punish someone who committed adultery 
in many countries. It's free choice, and that's wrong. Cheating on your spouse, excessive drinking, that's hurting yourself, mm-hmm. but that's not illegal. That's fine. Prostitution and pornography, they're illegal in Europe, right? And and then I read stuff about, you know, good people going against the powerful people and doing illegal things to help other people. Help a good cause, yeah. You know, like during Nazi Germany era, I'm sure a lot of um, brave people stood up to the Nazis and helped all these people, and that was illegal, right? So I, from the young age, I wanted something more than just what we had, which is the law. Hmm. And religion provided what I needed exactly, which is the absolute right and wrong that only can come from someone higher and someone who's perfect. And once I committed myself to follow God, who is absolutely right, then what other people do and what other people say is right don't really matter to me mm-hmm. because they're not perfect and there's God who has provided these commandments and the I love For the Strength of Youth pamphlet because there's so many things in there that are not listed in like I guess other philosophical books mm-hmm. that give you guidance and I know they're right even though like some of them I don't really want to follow yeah. but I know they're right from the bottom of my heart and that's why I can you know, stay true to what I believe even in that environment where everyone else is saying the opposite mm. and I was actually made fun of for being a virgin mm-hmm. when I was in the military and if you if your faith is not firmly rooted in God and if you don't if you're not sure that if he's right then your faith will get shaken mm-hmm. and but I knew that he provided this, these commandments because he he loves us and those commandments I believe are so much better than uh, the laws that we have yeah. and I'm not saying go break laws <laughs> don't <laughs> but there's so many things that laws don't cover and so many things that laws don't punish or don't reward I found them in religion so i think yeah that's like that's so faithful because to me what you're saying what i'm hearing from you is you have a deep understanding of god's character yeah god is perfect in his justice and in his mercy and therefore there are such things as absolutes right we live in a world of relativity where everyone thinks that what they believe and what they feel is the truth for them right but there is such a thing as divine truth because it comes from a divine being who is perfect. Mm. That's powerful. I was thinking the entire time you were talking about 
your idea of justice. And I kind of wanted to pick your brain about what you thought about repentance. Because God is so absolute and we have our agency to choose, what how how does how does repentance play in that that thought of justice and and mercy and mercy that's a tough question (laughs) (laughs) fyi i'm a planning kind of guy so (laughs) to all the listeners i prepared everything i just said (laughs) and i ran out of scripts now (laughs) and Braylon is asking this philosophical question. <laughs> this um, conversation. Don't feel uh, pressure. What's what's the role of repentance and mercy? Mm, to tie that into my culture of perfectionism. No matter how good score I got, my teacher and my mom were so fixated on the questions that I got wrong. Mm -hmm. And that took a lot of hit hit on my self-esteem. And but God is different. You know, he, he wants us to you know, turn to him. And he loves us even though we make mistakes and we do wrong things and he allows for that. And that is different from perfectionism where you are constantly reminded of what you're doing wrong, Mm -hmm. constantly reminded of how not good enough you are. And repentance is this opportunity for you and me to make changes and you know it's impossible to m- not make a mistake or not sin ever yeah. so it ties into this concept of god's unconditional love and unconditional love was another factor of my conversion and he when jesus talked to the adulterous woman he didn't say what you did was right. He, but he also did not rebuke her or criticize her or yell at her. And that was really interesting to me because when I made mistakes, I was instantly criticized and was told to do better. And I just needed someone to tell me that they love me no matter Uh, what I did and I'm not saying you know oh say everything say that everything I do is right I'm not saying that but repentance is perfect combination of unconditional love and also telling us teaching us what we should change and you can see that perfect example in the New Testament when Jesus told the adulterous woman like what you did was not right and don't do that ever again but he also showed love and mercy and told other people to not throw stones Mm -hmm. at her Mm -hmm. 
So to summarize all that, for me, repentance is a perfect combination of unconditional love and opportunity, giving us opportunity to change. Yeah. I really, I, I think that's super cool because kind of the way that you've grown up, it was very cutthroat, strict, right? And, and difficult for you. And I think the lack of human emotion in your life was kind of difficult, right? Like yeah. not having the, the cradling or the, you know, like coddling type of feeling growing up by anybody in your life. And I think that's really cool because you, you apply it to how God treats us. Because I think a lot of times, at least in my brain, I think about God being the strict person and having no emotions. But you explain the exact opposite, that God is one of the only people in your life who loved you without without conditions and and had these expressive ways to show you his love too through revelation through the scriptures through teaching you i think that's really cool it's it's the perfect blend of like you said unconditional love and course correction right yeah repentances and i think it's so fascinating to me to see the contrast in your perspective mm-hmm. of how you grew up in the society and culture that you grew up in versus how you perceive God to be, which I think, at least in my perception yeah. of things, is 100% right. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I agree, too. How? Were you oh, going to say something? Because when you take out one of them, they both need to be there. It's all and, or nothing, right? And let's say you take out unconditional love and just correct let's say you're raising a child and just correct them that's where i grew up that's how i grew up and i had a very low self-confidence and i just was constantly reminded of the things that i did wrong and i i was fixing stuff not to get criticized that was my motivation and that's not healthy and on the other hand the stereotypical spoiled gen z kids you know the parents always telling them you're doing great you know you don't have to fix anything i'll give you all this money that's also bad (laughs) that's like the opposite end you know just giving them unconditional love and no correction so And God is, and Jesus, they are so good at combining those two and using both of them to help us grow. That's beautiful. Perfect combo. Okay, Jen, we're going to throw you another curveball because we ask this question to every single one of our guests. So I know you've listened to a couple episodes. I don't know if you prepared for this question or not, but we want to ask it to you anyways. So from your experience, I know you've talked about a lot of really like divine truths. But from your experience, your life experience, what is one thing that you feel like is kind of in the darkness, some gospel principle or something that you've learned that you want to bring into the light to more people? I'll start with my actual dream, which is to go back to Korea and tell the students that their mistakes are not what they if they're defined by. 
that they are worthy no matter what, they still have to put in effort, but that they are loved and what their parents and the society tell them about their worth, it's not true, it's not conditional. You, you do your best and that's good enough and that you're worth it. And I actually had a cool revelation experience in the temple. And I believe that's my mission because of this experience. And I think I shared this in my Sunday school lessons a couple of times. I was trying to decide if I was, should live in Korea or in America because I, I like them both and they have ups and downs. But I had to make a decision and it was hard for me and I prayed about it for a long time. I couldn't get an answer and I went to the temple finally and went into the celestial room and hoping to get an answer and I opened up the New Testament. You know how they have Bible at the Celestial Room, right? Mm -hmm. I pick it up and I open it, random page. It's last chapter of John, I think. It's when Jesus asks Peter if he loves Jesus three times, right? And I had the exact same conversation with God regarding this issue. You know, should I stay here in America or go back to Korea? And if I were to stay in America, it would have been for money and fame. And, and because... I believe that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here. If I want to be famous globally, I should stay in America. That's why my dad sent me and my brother to America in the first place. Like, he couldn't speak English, so he couldn't go past beyond Korea. Like, that was his limit. That's why he sent us here to see the world and be good at English so we can be successful at a global level, mm -hmm. right? Very ambitious. And on the other hand, mm -hmm. if I go back to Korea, I'll certainly have limitations for sure. And I would lose that opportunity. But, you know, I had the conversation with God and he asked me if I loved him. And like Peter, I said, yes, I do love you more than, you know, money and fame. You know, I just said it casually. And then he asked me the second time, Jin, do you love me? more than these, the money and the fame. And I said, yes, Lord. 
you know that I love you. And then he asked me the third time, Jin, do you love me more than these? And I just could not answer that question. And that's when I realized he wants me to feed his sheep. And that's exactly what's said in the New Testament. Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. And what does feeding my sheep look like for me? You know, as a person, Jin Kim. What's feeding the sheep for you? I thought about that. And that's when I decided that I would go back to Korea and tell those students because they're going through the same thing that I'm going through. Mm. And I want to tell them that they are valued and they have potential and your GPA, your extracurricular activities, what college you went to, what kind of job you have, how much money you make. They're nice things, but they don't define you because you are worth more than those things. Don't let anybody tell you that your worth depends on them. And that is my life mission. And I know that because I had that experience in the temple. So I'm so grateful that I got to find that out at an early age. Jen, thank you. Thank you so much. This has probably the best answer. (laughs) This has been one of my most favorite conversations that we've had honestly i think i just wanted to let you know too like i know you this this whole this decision between temporal wealth and fame versus feeding god's sheep like that's a big deal and that's a hard decision but once you make that decision you're there but i i just wanted to tell you i know for for you and, and for you in my eyes this isn't a decision between changing the world or changing the perspectives of a few people. You're going to change people's world over there yeah, in Korea. Like sure. that's, that really touched me. Thanks for sharing that. That's so awesome. Thanks for coming on, Jen. We appreciate it so much. <laughs> Thanks for answering our questions, Jen. Am I supposed to say something to that? <laughs> I have to plan everything. I don't I'm lost now. There's no script anymore. Hey, we love you guys, though. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yes, have a great one, y'all. Bye.